0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, a very warm welcome to a special festive, rivalry-filled edition of the Red and Blue Review podcast with me, Ian Noble, your host for the next hour or so. As we unpack the action, news and views from around SE25, following a share of the spoils with that small team from the South Coast yesterday. There aren't many certainties in life other than death, taxes and 1-1 draws between Crystal Palace and Brighton at Sellers Park. And it's amazing, isn't it, how different a draw can feel. Um, euphoric after the equaliser at the Etihad and fairly flat having been pegged back in the 82nd minute uh, under the lights at Sellhurst last night. And joining me on the pod this evening, as you can see on the screen, guys, we have, first of all, Lord Holyoke. Um Good evening, Gel
1: lord good evening mate evening everyone
0: and uh back by popular demand the legend that is of course uh jim cannon hello jim
2: good evening I, i'm just telling you know my screen is frozen so can you see me all right
0: we can see you and we can hear you and you're moving so that's, oh, okay. that's all right but you're all frozen so you're all mute okay fair enough all right and uh finally a very good morning in melbourne australia to young aaron um hi aaron how are you doing
3: yeah, good, mate. Thank you. How are you?
0: Good. Did you have a good night's sleep last night? Yeah.
3: Beautiful.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good to see you. On a, on a Saturday Saturday morning, is that right?
3: That's yeah, I think good. it is. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. good,
0: good, good. Okay, guys. Well, look, we're going to get to the game shortly. But before we do, we have a serious message from Nick
4: Philpott. Hi, everybody. It's Nick here. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt the show. Um, I'm about to bring the... Uh, content down a little bit because I have some very serious stuff that I want to share with you all. And before I get into the main body of the message, uh, I do have full permission from the family concerned to have this conversation with you this evening. The name Claire Davis will be very familiar to many of you. Uh, you'll have interacted with Claire on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you may even have met Claire. I've actually spent many an hour, uh, many a football match together, home and away with Claire Davis, uh, and she's become a very good friend of mine, to the point where my real wife, Sarah, calls Claire Davis my football wife, okay, because she's such a beautiful person. Claire is the mother of two lovely girls, and it is my solemn duty to be able to share with you all, for those that you don't know, that Claire's eldest child, Holly, sadly passed away a couple of weeks ago. She died peacefully in her sleep at home, and it's so desperately sad. I find it very difficult to record this message, but I just wanted, on behalf of the Red and Blue Review family, to pass on our sincere condolences, our love and our warmth to you, Claire and Aaron. Ladies and gentlemen, you may well have seen on social media that uh, she, uh, Claire has actually put it out herself this week and she is very familiar with all the messages that you've written on social media. But should any of you wish to send her a message below on this chat here this evening, I will personally make sure that Claire gets to see each and every one of them. I'm giving Claire and her family plenty of space at the moment, but she knows that I'm here for her because I love that little girl so much Holly was the most beautiful child you could ever meet. I was known as Uncle Nick, uh, and say that, that smile of hers will stay with me It will stay in my heart for the rest of my life. Holly, may you rest in peace, long and eternal peace. We love you so much. On behalf of everybody at Red and Blue Review, thank you.
0: Yes, we all uh, echo Nick's words and our thoughts and our prayers are with Claire and her family at this sad time for her. <laughs> so, guys, back to the game, back to events at Sellers Park last night. Before we get to the game itself, let's have a look at the lineup. Um, there are three changes from the starting 11 at City. Incoming, uh, we have the returning from injury, uh, Jefferson Lerma, um, and returning from sickness, Will Hughes alongside the returning Jordan Ayew from his one-game ban, having been ludic- ludicrously sent off against Liverpool, making way with Ward, Riedeveld and Schlupp. And um, there's the lineup. Jim, you were at the ground yesterday when you saw the team sheet at 7pm. What were your thoughts, my friend?
2: Uh, well, I suppose it's as good as we could put out, uh, considering the injuries we've got. Yeah. Um, Possibly you'd want Ezzy to play right from the start, but I can understand them not playing him. But uh, I suppose having looked at the game and watched the last couple of performances, Richards is a decent player, but he's not a centre. He's not a central midfield player. Mm. Anderson is as good as any of our midfield players. Richards is an international centre half, so why doesn't he put Richards at centre half? and Anderson in the middle of the park, who I'm sure would create far, far more than what Richards does. Now, I'm not having a go at Richards because he's he's been put out of position, but I think we'd be a better team.
0: Interesting. Really interesting. Um, Aaron, you're nodding in, a, in a agreement, presumably there, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if anyone saw it, but for the first five or ten minutes, actually, they was switching up a little bit. Um, a few of them, but it was actually more Gerhi that was going forward it instead was. of uh Richards. There was a little bit of a swapping going on, but I, I, I've got to agree with everything Gel says. Um, gel says, sorry, Jim says because uh, Anderson, as a uh, his passing and ability is, is ridiculous, we all know it. So, I, I yeah, I'd have pushed him forward instead. I absolutely agree. I know we don't want to break up that center back partnership, but I don't think Chris Richards has done anything bad at the back since I've seen him play. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you can agree with what Jill says because Jill said nothing. So it's probably the only time you haven't agreed with anything Jill said.
3: So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jill, Jill, have your have your word on the team selection, my friend.
1: Well, it's a it's a it's a selection of a team that's on the way back. You know, we, we've you we've know, all we've heard from Sky and the BBC of weeping about the amount of players that are injured in other teams, but we've had a, a considerable injury list for for a while now. Um, and it does happen to us once a year. You know, it's happened for years and years. Uh, but, but you know, particularly this year, um, which is why some of our results, you know, we were lucky to scrape with draws. We were happy to scrape draws against certain teams. But, yeah, it's a team on the way back. And as I, you know, a, a being a playing a small part yesterday, is again, part of his rehabilitation. You know, at least they came back. Then he was subbed. Now he's back. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's a team that should be back on the up and, and, and all for stronger that Lerma's in the middle um, with Hughes. And, 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 and talking about agreeing with each other, that is not a bad call at all to put Anderson in the middle because, to be honest with you, I mean, apart from probably at least saying maybe Eze, he he, he, he he probably is the best long-distance passer in the, in, the, in the team. So, mm. you know, mm. if he wants to start acting like a, uh, and I or a 10, then, then I'm all for it.
0: Mm. He played a delicious ball through in the second half. I'm sure we'll come to that. Um, when we talk about the highlights in a minute or two when he, he fed Mateta through. It was just a wonderful ball. Um really good. On, on the injury front, guys, we've got Czech Takore. he's gonna probably be out for the season. He's uh, he snapped his Achilles tendon. Um and that's you know, it's gonna be a long one. Um Rak um he's um, he's another one that's out for a while. Um, and of course, Joel Ward has now got hamstring. Um, I learned about that on the train back from Man City, actually, because I was sitting with a guy um who's a lovely chap, never met him before, a guy called Bobby Dennington. And his lad, um Teddy, is one of the kit men. So he was on the phone to his lad Teddy and uh, um on the way back from City, he said I oh, ward he's done his hamstring, so he's gonna be out for a while as well. Um obviously Sam Johnson's injured. Rob Holding, not that we've seen much of him. So the injury list of first teamers isn't that long at the moment. We're getting some of them back at the minute. So let's get to the game then. Um, Aaron, you're going to lead for us on this, my friend. You watched it uh, down under in in glorious technicolor with an Australian commentator. I don't know. You, you know. T- tell us about your experience on a match day. You know what happens. What time of day is it, and what happens?
3: I, it, it just depends on the time of day that you're playing over there, really. Obviously, if it's an eight o'clock start over there, like it's night, it's a seven a.m. start over here. So, I um, it's it's perfect timing that. I, I, I woke up. I didn't have work yesterday, which was very nice. It's my first day off. So, um, yeah, just woke up, saw the lineup, fr- threw a bit of a wobbly, and then uh, turned the TV on and uh, made a cup of tea. So, um, that's that's my daily ritual. But look, if it's a three p.m. kickoff, it's two a.m. over here. So. Yeah what I do is if I'll either stay up and watch it, if it's on the weekend, if it's not, what I do is I wake up a stupid o'clock, like five o'clock, i turn my phone off. Um, and then I'll literally watch the whole game fresh without knowing what the score was. So, uh, that's if you guys, do, isn't it? that's hard. Isn't yes. It that? Very hard. Because sometimes like someone will message me and it will just flash up on my phone. Like, yeah. especially our chat. And I'll be like, Oh, for Christ's sake, now I know what's happened. So, uh, yeah. that's all right. Yes. Um, We'll start off with the game. Obviously, I'll, I'll go first half first. Yeah. I've, um, I've got a little bit of notes that, that I'll read off of. But I thought first half we started very well. I definitely thought we were the better team um, throughout the whole of the first half, especially coming towards the end of it. Um, but I start off, you know, twelfth minute. I think was when we first saw a bit of action. For the first ten minutes, there wasn't much going on. It was very, you know, tip for tat. They were passing the ball around the back, like as we were. We were trying to. Pr- we started off well with the press. That's what I'll say. That's what changed um, from the second half. First half, we really pressed them hard. You could see that something was said about don't let them have the ball as much as they want it. Get up and press them. And they did that Ooh. first front four. They pressed well as a unit. Um, but I've got here, yeah, 12th minute. Um, I remember this one pretty well because I thought we were going to score off it, to be honest. But uh, a ball into Elisa, you know, he's run down that that channel. Um Perfect, you know, the ball just had to be perfect to Mateo. If it was a square chance like Schlappi's was against City the other day, I think it, you know that would have been a goal. Um, mm. but unfortunately, Elise's just played the ball behind him, which was a bit of a poor cross. Um, and, and you know, they've managed to clear their lines. Um, 18, the,
2: three,
0: sorry, I'm going to stop go you there. On. No, you're all right. The, what, you, you touched on it, but you didn't mention who played that ball through to Elise Lerma. What a ball! Did it was, you see that? Yeah, in the it stadium, Jim. But, you know, as we're watching it in the, from the main stand, what a delicious ball through, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, it was a good ball. I mean, he's he's a quality player, Lem. I mean, he's uh, he's a big influence on our side. I know he's he's had a few injuries, but, I mean, we miss him and De in the middle of the park because they, they set things going, which we haven't got at the moment. But, yeah, excellent ball. And there was a couple of chances there. It flew across the box and we were just... A little bit behind or the ball was a little bit not in the, the, the right place, which was unfortunate because if we'd have got a goal then, it might have been a, a, a different game.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. And So, Aaron, yeah, you, you're right. You touched it. At least they gets the ball in the box. It was just behind Mateta, I think, wasn't it? Just behind <laughs> yeah. him rather than in front of him, which made a huge difference, of course.
3: Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, there was I've got a few here, you know, between, say, the 20th and the 30th minute mark. You know, we had a fair few balls flying into the box and it was good to see us really get on the front foot and get them because they didn't like that. You, you could see that they didn't like it. Um, you know, and they, they, they didn't really trouble us in the first half. You know, they had one shot on target, I believe, in the first half. I might have that wrong, so please forgive me. But, you know, it was a yeah. save by Henderson. I think it was about, you know, 18th minute, you know... Yeah. Yeah. It fit, It fit. It was a ball into the box. Mitchell's kind of let it go over his head. It's come to their uh, their young fullback. I think what was his name? Hinchelwood. He was he was getting up and down that right flank a fair bit. And um, yeah, it was a good good you know good shot stop by Henderson. He, he started off well with his with his shot stopping. But I'm sure we'll get onto him in the second half. Um, okay. Let me just, Aaron,
0: yeah. let me just bring Gel in if I may, Gel. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, I, I don't I, I,
1: obviously I just on YouTube. I don't watch normal TV. But every now and then I do just try and I shouldn't. I just, it's like it's like a sin, really. I watched the odd Brian game, and it was apparent a little while ago that the name Henshelwood kept popping up, and I was like, hmm. So I thought, well, next time I'm on with Jim, I'll, I'll, I'll ask him if he if he actually is it it's obviously Jim, the Jim that the surname would both Palace and Brighton. Yeah, you know, I think it was I think it was Doris so, uh, was it Paul that ended up at Brighton? Is it his great it can't be his son, it must be his grandson. His, his grandson.
2: Grandson,
0: grandson. correct. So, yeah. So Whose grandson is it, Paul or Martins?
2: Uh it's Paul's grandson, uh, Paul's son Adam. Uh yeah. is the dad. Yeah. Who was an ex-footballer as well? I was
1: going to say, and he's so he's followed in the footsteps of his own of grandfather, dad, and now
2: he. Yeah, also, uh, there's quite, quite a few kind of work, right, right? Of all sort of
3: carried on the, the old sort of regime. But his dad, sorry, is also now the manager of Worthing as well. That's right. Yeah, league. yeah, Adam, Adams manager of Worthing. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Wow.
3: Well
0: wow. yeah, so Adam anyway. played for Brighton as well, did he? Adam played for Brighton as well? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. He was a pro footballer as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I thought the young lad, he had a good game at right-back and I thought, that yeah, good know, he, he didn't do bad, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. Um, he got in, He's a right-back. He got into the box a couple of times, you know, a bit like sort of Trent Alexander-Arnold-esque, you know, but inverted right-back. Anyway, no, enough about Brighton players, but it, it's interesting link, Jill. Thank you for that, you know, uh, back to the old Palace days of uh, Paul... Yeah. Uh, and Martin Hinshaw would have played alongside you, Jim, of course, you know, back in the yeah.
3: day. Yeah, um, I mean, in terms of, I'll get on to, uh, there was another uh, chance, I'm, I'm sure, sorry, I'll just go through the chances. We had a fair few, you know, uh, Mateta had a, I, I think they lost the ball, didn't they, uh, near the edge of their own box. Mateta's picked it up, had a bit of a drive and he, he's had a good strike. At it. You know, he's hit it well, unfortunately, it was just straight at the keeper. Um, you know, another chance for us. You know, I think we walked in, um, I, I, I know Nigel might have the stats and he'll bring them up for us, you know, probably about five or six shots on target in the first half. You know, we, we did give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I personally, i just named this one um, because I know you might not have seen it in the ground. There was a point um, between the 30, about the 35th minute where there was a shot that was had and it looked like it struck a hand of, of, of their player uh, it wasn't too many shouts from us, but you know, I was watching it on TV. Look at the replay. It did strike his hand, it? Um, but it, it did. But um, it, it was a very, you know, fast pace. I don't know if we are, I just looked at that and said, nah, not going to have a bar of it. But, you know, again, if that was probably us, it would have gone the other way. I just wanted to make sure we noted that one down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a, you know, I thought, um touching onto Jim, you know, cause I'm going to go onto the goal now. And, and, and around that time, you know, I thought Lerma, um, and I agree with Jim here, he's, he's quality. At first half, he really bossed that midfield to a, to a, you know, to a T. He was, he was amazing the way he picks up the ball and he just doesn't win the ball defensively, but he drives forward with it and he makes good decisions and good passes. And yeah, first half for me, he, he was absolutely ace. Um, but yeah we'll, we'll you know we'll go, we'll go on to the goal you know I mean th- this is what we was talking about start of the first half which gets us the goal us pressing them they didn't like it they were trying to play out the back their keeper did look a bit nervous he's only a young lad from my understanding um, you know, and that was it. We, we forced him into the press. We, we we pressed high. And, you know, he's gone to, to pass the ball out from the back. elise has got a, a good touch on it. You know, a good header. A good, you know, good leap by him as well. He's got up well there. You know, and I believe it was. Is it falling to Husey, I think? Forgive me on this one. And he's um, played, you know, I thought he was going to um, play it into the box. But, you know, he's, he's he's got his head up. He's he's switched it out. Seen is free. And can I just say what a ball into the box that is for preciseness. you know, he's put that on a as they you know, put it on a plate for him, really. He can't proverbial miss from there.
0: Sixpence. He put it on, didn't
3: he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> proverbial sixpence, absolutely. And you know, the goal's gaping right in front of him, picture up on screen there. I you can't miss with that. I'm pretty sure Gell, if he was I know gel wasn't watching live, but if he was, he would have had his hands on his head or covering his eyes, maybe thinking that he might miss that chance, being Gell's favourite player of all time. Um, but he didn't, and he put it in the back of the net. So, uh, yeah, 1-0 to Palace. He still didn't look very
0: happy once he scored, though, did he? You know, you go 1-0 up against your arch rivals right at half-time, and he looked miserable. What's that about? I don't know. Gel.
2: Yeah, but he probably thought that even though he's had a really good game and scored a really good goal... Yeah, he was going to uh, go in tomorrow. Still <laughs> slag him off. <laughs> I won't, I admit,
1: you know... You guys know, that I always said, if he has a good game, I call it a good game. And if he has a bad game, he's I call a, it a bad best game.
2: Player. He's the best player we've got. He's the most um, consistent player we can do. i going to hop a legend. On, Don't go that. Tell
1: him that, let Jim have his say. He's the best player
0: we've got. And he did what he needed to do. Going back right,
2: to why he does,
0: I thought he's, he had
2: everything he does. He's consistent in everything he does. He's the only player that can hold the ball up out of our front players to a real degree and take people on, brings people into the game. If we didn't have him, we'd be a struggling team, I'll tell you.
0: And and we did miss him when he went off as well. And, and Roy alluded to that in his post-match presser. He talked about the fact that, again, he's done this before. You know, the, the substitutions, I'm sure you'll come to this, Aaron. He, Roy reckoned that they didn't change the game enough. Um, but um, we did miss Dyer when he came off. So... Um, Nigel, have you got a sound bit that you were trying to play earlier? No, he hasn't. Don't worry. Don't worry. Anyway, Gel, I think he was having a go at you earlier a little bit. No, because... no,
1: no. And when he get when he gets it lined up again, because he just did it as he was doing as Jim was talking. But yeah, yeah. like I said, I mean, you saying about the press. I mean, it was all down to Richards. Being much more well basically i'm looking at a free frame a bit now i mean he's he's as the goalkeeper gets to turn and he usually would be passing it to dunk um richards is on him but he's coming at an angle where he can't make that pass he can't go across goal um but yeah i mean again we we privately had that thing about about richards you in, in, uh, know about being in the midfield um but it uh, doesn't have a bad game for us. That's the thing, and he is—he's—you he, know—he's almost getting to the point where he's getting like like Ward has done over the last 10, eleven seasons of, of like you ask him to play somewhere, and he just plays, and I think he's happy to play. Um, so, but but again, uh, um, Elise Elise will get his move to uh, to a to a big side because that. Uh, that pass is his signature. It's, it's he can he can he can float that pass to anywhere within thirty to fifty yards. But he also then can switch it up to make it a screamer, um, and it's in the top corner. But that yeah, it, it's um, yeah, you can use all the all the uh, all the description you want about that. It's uh, and again, are you? It, <laughs> You can't. I can't. I can't work him out. See, this is this is the thing that drives me mad about him. Right? Is he gets sent off against Liverpool? And and I know before and I had this conversation with Nick this afternoon. And before people go, yeah, well, you know, it, 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 had it had that we been been the other way round and losing one nil and a Liverpool player had fouled a foul one of our players and then kicked the ball away. But won't he was not given a yellow card for for a he was given a second yellow card for petulance. No,
0: and no, it's no, jail, no, 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 stop you a minute. You got that wrong. The first yellow card was for petulance. The second yellow card was for a foul. Okay. For a
1: foul and then and then he kicked the ball away. No,
0: so no, getting, no, no, it, No, he didn't kick well, the ball away. I I, I, anyway, I anyway, that was a game two
1: weeks ago, but you're right. But, I, but what I'm, I, I'm, saying, I'm saying, saying is, saying and, then Roy, and, and then Roy, and then Roy, and then Roy, kind him after. It's a bit late, like he, like, and he's called it that. You know, basically, he cost us a game, but he's but he hasn't. Last night, I, I mean, I didn't see. It. I was on a plane for six hours yesterday. Okay. But I've seen all all of the stuff that I can. But like you said, why doesn't he celebrate? He either cries, or he, or he, or he looks like he's, you right. know, so someone <laughs> sold his ass behind his back.
0: Listen, I was half joking about Jordan and I not celebrating. And it is hard to celebrate because from where I'm sitting in the main stand, I don't think I celebrated the goal much last night. Why? Because I thought someone was going to flag for offside or there was a handball. or That's VAR. 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 Yeah, you know.
1: That's VAR destroying the game for you.
0: Yeah, so me, me VAR humbug. There we are. I've got that on there tonight. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and uh, Paul Bristow says uh, Jordan's goal was the first goal scored by a Palace player at a Whitehall lane end, other than... Eze's goal for 14 months well it's not the first goal if Eze scored there but you know I get your point maybe the second goal that's been scored in the Whitehall's lane end. so um hard lines if you sit in the Whitehall's lane end and you don't see many goals um but maybe the tide has turned maybe it will change from now on
3: anyway right
0: right stats, stats. half time we go in one nil up and Jim can you remember a half time atmosphere quite as good as that yesterday
2: uh, well, no, because with the last 10 minutes of that first half, we were really flying. We were whacking balls in there and we, we were all thinking we're going to get another goal. Uh, but this is Palace. You, you never know what you're going to get in the second half, do you? And what we yeah. saw is quite consistent of lots of performances this
0: year. But, but the point I wanted to make was about half time. Is that you know we walk off at half time and all you can hear is we love you, we love you, and then Jordan, are yeah. oh, you? Do, 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 do. And you know it was brilliant. You know maybe Jim, you got onto the posh seats spot and you were in there in the in, in the lounge already by then. You missed it, mate. <laughs> no,
2: not at all. But you got to remember that whatever way you look at it, Brighton are a better side than us. Yeah, and in that second half they stamped their authority, and whether that's the manager. I, I think a lot of time as a, as a pro footballer and you're 1-0 up, you've don't. you you've got two choices, haven't you? You either go and get the second goal and kill the game off, maybe, or you defend thinking one's going to be enough, which then just gives the opposition the impetus to come at you. And I mean, there's not a lot of games where I've seen Palace fans Blowing for a whistle, one 0 against a team like Brighton yeah, with ten right. minutes to go. What, what, what is it
0: you say, Aaron? At your level of football, when you're one 0 up, you I bet I bet this is what you say: nil nil lads. It's nil nil. They tell each other 100%. it's nil nil. Hundred percent.
3: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The I just I understand why sometimes we do it. Right, but we did it for the whole of the second half. Right, and, and what you're what you're alluding to, you're going off the pitch. The, the fact, you know, you've just scored. The fans are right up you. If if that won't shove a rocket up your ass, I don't know what will. Right, and the fact that we come out second half and we just say right, we're going to dig in now, D- dig in for forty five minutes against a team that can pass a ball like that. I'm telling you, we're just asking. You know. I get that we can dig in and we've got the low block, that, you know, that that's what our manager's about and, and and that's what, you know, he's asked us to do, right? And we've also had it on the other hand with Patrick Vieira, you know, where, where you know, we did concede goals, but we scored more goals, Right. But you cannot go, I'm telling you now, I can see De name popping up in some of the comments, right? You could not go against his team like that, the way that they're playing at the moment. I mean, they they destroy teams with the way that they pass the ball around. They were playing one touch on the edge of our box in the second half, like for fun you know you just for me and we'll go on to the second half but you can't you can do that against certain teams sometimes you can dig in against a team like Brighton they will cut you open at, at one point and they did they they should have won that game to be brutally honest that hinchel would miss an open goal you know there was times that they cut us open and and we and we got away with it i'm saying t- we got away with one yesterday big time
0: okay so second half then um we we did look as if we were sitting back more, um but I think it was more about the way Brighton played than rather than the mm-hmm. we the way we played necessarily in the second half, so Aaron, just just pick out a few highlights, if you will, for that second half, and i will bring Jell and Jim into the conversation yeah
3: well. i I mean that i haven't wrote too much on the first half to the uh, second half no. to be honest because yeah. i mean we 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 were absolutely you know everything the only thing that come out of the second half is that you know Henderson had a f- few flappers for you know for 10 minutes which was a little concerning um his decision making wasn't spot on in the second half you know he, he he had that um you know a couple I think where he's come out and he's punched the ball it's come off Danny Wellbeck I thought you yeah, know you see is, that, that would have been 2 one that would have been, yeah. yeah you know see that one floating in the back of the net that would have been hard to take um you know you know, maybe he's a bit, ner- you know, he hasn't played for a little while. You know, we'll see, you know, but they had a few chances. As I said, that would one. The, the bit I will come on to the second half, the bit that I wanted to talk about was, was the substitution. And, you know, we'll go on to this with, especially the IU and SA one f- for me. Eze hasn't started the game for a reason, right? I, yeah. I still think he's probably our best player. I, I, I still believe that. Um, but he came on yesterday and he looked rusty. Very rusty. Um, you know, Mateta, uh, a good bit of play. Um, it was, this, you know, our two good chances come within a minute of each other. You know, um, Mateta's, you know, had a driving run, played the ball to Eze. You know, his front and goal, it's one versus one, you know, and their defender has come out of nowhere, you know, and slid. But I think Eze, when he's got a couple of games under his belt, he takes that chance. He, he, he does took first that time, chance. Yeah. Yeah. Heck, it was so slow to get the ball out of his feet. You know, he took a, a long time to get that ball out of his feet. And, and, and you're thinking, if that was France or, or, you know, like some of the boys are saying in the chat, you put someone on because France looked bloody good against City. You know, you, you put him on. Does he take that chance? Maybe. Uh, but for me, that's that's bad, that's bad management by Roy, because as they look nowhere near it. Um, You know, that corner again, it's come to him on the edge of the box. He's just hit the ball into the ground and it's flown over the bar. That's a good chance as well.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Let me stop you there. If you're Roy Hodgson and Eze's trained all week, don't forget he came off the bench at City just for a couple of minutes, didn't he, towards the end of the game. And he he sort of influenced it a little bit in those very, very small cameo he had last weekend. But he comes off the bench last weekend. He's trained all week. He said to Roy Hodgson, Roy said, how are you feeling? He says, well, I'm not quite ready, but, you know, I'm all right for the bench. So he plays, puts him on the bench. He's our best player. You've already said that, Aaron. Okay. We've got 20 minutes to go, and he gets criticised for us sitting back deep and allowing Brighton to come onto us. Okay. Um, he's worried about Jordan Ayew's fifth yellow card. Okay. So, you know, Jim's already said Ayew's one of our most important players. Ayew's on four cards already. So he's worried about that. So he thinks, yeah, let's bring Eze on for Ayew. 20 minutes to go. With hindsight, without knowing what's going to happen, sorry, without hindsight, without knowing what's going to happen next, that's not a bad call, is it? Is A for With 20 minutes to go, really? Jim, yeah, Jim, no. Jim what are you, your thoughts on that first?
2: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have taken Ayu off. No way, because I think he was one of our best players. Yellow card or no yellow card? Oh, I'm not into yeah. the yellow card thing. You, you go out and play and you do what you got to do and okay. if you get a book and Anybody get a book in these days with these referees. I, there's no there's no normal free kick anymore. Everything's a yellow card. There must have been a few there. I'd let you think, why is he giving a yellow card? It's a normal coming together, but every time it seems that, that there's a free kick, they're going to give a yellow card. I do also think that Eze isn't the player out wide as he is in the middle of the park. Purely because to, you need to get to involve a wide player you need to have the ball and you need to get the ball out to them Well, we never had that so Ezzy's much better in the middle of the park where things are bubbling about and he might get on the end of it so I'd, you, yeah you're right what you're saying you would think if you bring Ezzy on he's probably our best player when he's at full flight um, okay. but he's had a few okay. injuries, and he's looking after him. But I would, I would have left on and then I would have brought Ezio on as well, okay. if you want okay. to go and win the game. Okay. But maybe Aiyan. at that particular time, one 0 Maybe he's thinking, I don't want to give nothing away. So, okay, Aaron, come back to you.
3: I, I just think I have to agree that look, I agree that France is not a start yet. Right, you know, the guy's come over from Brazil, you know, he's a young kid and that. But we're 1-0 we're up against Brighton, you know, and, and I, just, I just think bring him on. Bring him on. You, you've got to give – I'm sorry, guys, you've got to give him a chance, mate. You've got to give him – and you gave him a chance against Man City and he was spraying balls and he was taking one of the fastest fullbacks on in the league and beating him. Give him twenty minutes on that pitch. If Eze doesn't like playing out on the left or wide, where he looked a bit lost, as I agree with with uh, Jim, you know he's he is a number ten. It's the shirt number he wears, right? Bring him on and just see, or don't take Are off? You know I I think Mateta played very well yesterday. I think he held up the ball very well for us when he when he could. Um, he didn't have a, a fantastic game, but he had a good game. Um, but Ayu does hold up the ball for us, and when we're trying to get out against Brighton, who are absolutely battering us at this point, you need someone that's going to hold up the ball. Eze not going to do that out on the left. He's not. I'm so because it's not his position and it's not his job to do that. You, you know, and he looked rusty. I think if someone is that, you know, if he's just saying look a bit unsure, just just leave him on the bench and get give him another Christmas to train. You know, and and get back up to full fitness. You know.
0: Okay. Okay, but the move that you alluded to earlier was probably our best move of the second half, and it started. Oh, it's the wide, only move. It, it, yes. Okay. So it started wide with Alise on the right flank, hugging the touchline. He fed in Mateta. Mateta left dunk for dead. Dead then with that. He, it was a brilliant bit of play. It was the right ball, and I think a fully, uh, I wouldn't say fully fit, but a fully up to speed Eberechi Eze takes that ball first time and scores. Um, Absolutely. You know, and and at 2-0, their game's done then. So, you know, maybe the the game turned on that pivotal moment for us. Um, But you've already said it, I think. You can't deny Brighton, you know, a a share of the the points. I mean, if any team looked like they were going to win it late on, it was them and not us. You know they were peppering the ball around our box, as you say, and it was it was a hard watch, wasn't it? You know I was watching the game like this through my hands, you know, um, trying to hope that it wasn't going to be another um, Liverpool result. You know, in in a similar vein from the, the previous home game when we're when we're um, leading the game and then then lost two one. Um, so just wondering I think is there anything else. What about their goal? Um, anyone culpable for for their goal? Do you think any of you? I-
3: yeah, I, I mean, Eze's given the ball away. Again, rustiness. I, I just believe that. It's pure rustiness. I know it's in the build-up, but just, it was just a, a pass that didn't need to be made. You know, just hold on to the ball there. Um, and he's just giving it away cheaply. And I know, but it wasn't just him. So I'm not going to sit here and dig him out. We, everyone was given the, the ball away cheaply in the second half. Everybody. Um, but, yeah. I,
0: I watched I watched it back, and I, it was Chris Richards that jumped with Wheelback. Um, and of course, what well well, it was a wonderful header. And Paul oh, Christie said header. in the chat, it was postage stamp. You know, he couldn't have put it anywhere else. It was right in that corner. No goalkeeper saves that. No goalkeeper in the world saves that. And he won't do it again. You know, that he won't. He couldn't do that again in a, another 100 times, 99 times. He wouldn't get that header in that place like he did. But Richards was jumping with him. And I'm just thinking, could Richards have done more to put him off? Um, Jim, you've played centre-half. Your thoughts on that?
2: No, I,
4: I don't think be <laughs> no. done
2: anymore. I mean, sometimes you come up, two players go for a, a ball and somebody jumps slightly higher. As long as you've made the challenge and you've tried to win the ball, sometimes people just beat you to the ball. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what Welbeck done. And and Aaron's right. I mean, Ezzy could have put that ball anywhere. I don't know where he was trying to play it. He just side-footed it up in the air, mm-hmm. into the middle of the park and gave them possession again, he should have just knocked it in his head row. But, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I actually thought, when I saw it, maybe the keeper was a bit sort of flat-footed there. And, but it was an unbelievable header. I mean, I've watched it again. And it, that's you wouldn't see a better header in the Premier League all season yeah. Yeah. than yeah. that one there. OK, I agree with you. Yeah, really good goal, yeah. Jill.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm literally watching watching it now, and and Richards does get up higher, but but the fact is, Welbeck is actually in front of him, and the matter he's not going to get over and in. And the only way that he's going to stop him from getting anything on that is if he if he if he pushes in, and he's going to have to physically smash him. And chances are, if he does that, it'll be a penalty anyway. But yeah. like I say, it's, it's it's almost it's almost a fluke goal. Yeah. Because he's never, he's, he, like you say, he, he's never going to do that again. Mike, um, can I, if if I may, just go back, just from what I've seen of him um, in in the little amount that he's played for us, Henderson, he's not a he's not a catcher of the of the football. He is a this new breed of foreign coaches that want you to palm it away, and and that worries me because like you say, the, the, the chance where they could have, again, fluked a complete win, was, it was, it was quite easily, the, the, the easier choice to catch the ball, yeah, and he, yeah. he doesn't, he flaps, he doesn't punch it, he actually flaps it at Welbeck, um, and, and he doesn't know what's going on, it hits him in the face, and, and, and luckily goes three yards wide, but, it was like, it pantomime
0: wasn't it? But, pantomime but, but The thing
1: is, had we lost 2-1 to that, hmm. um, I mean that would have been it would have just been pelters all round for for everybody for Roy for Henderson but you know for for everybody but but yeah I, I, and again like I said to Nick it, it, we we're, we're wearing rose tinted glasses if we say that we that we the we the average way that we've been playing for the way you know the last few months to not. Take point off a of Brighton at home or away, you know, either or, because they have proved now for <laughs> for a long while that they're a very good side, um and, and probably are a better side than us. I mean, we have to play very well with our full team out, uh, and we'll give them a good game. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, I was I was happy. I got I say, the plane landed, switching phone on, one one, CIU. Thought I'm going to get a lot of shit tomorrow, but happy days. But again, you know. That's okay. We can, we can give you shit. That's all right. That's not a problem. Exactly. But, but listen, I and, and don't take this the wrong way, I, I am glad he scored. I wish he would be a little bit more happier about it. Yeah. But um, but yeah, he, 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 and he is an integral part of the team. But I, I, I do think his time is coming, you know, at his age, and he it, and it is the likes of of, um, of Ozo, et cetera, that we need yeah. to be, I think, need to be involved in. And he just looks a beast, mate, I'm telling you. And if he does it, if we don't start using him a lot, someone else will. They'll see that.
0: Sure, sure. Thanks, gel I'm just going to pull out a few comments from the chat. Uh, Mark Callahan says Richards didn't get off the ground when the cross came in. That was uh, Mark's thoughts on that. Um, I saw another comment. Uh, someone said about from the Arthur Waits. I'm just saying, oh, hello. We've got a new, new, uh, new watcher there. Um, someone said, watching from the Arthur Arthur White stand, they thought it was a freak goal. until so they saw it back and, and realised what a jolly good header it was. Um and then there was something else I was going to pull out Jim would have got the ball and well back <laughs> yeah, we no, Richard, yeah. Richard Thomas from the other way I thought it was a lucky looping header watch it back later that was a quality finish Um, yeah he won't do it again uh, Andrew Adams give Henderson a chance hadn't been well during the week okay yeah 26 years old and will get better Um, I thought my thoughts on Henderson yesterday was that first half I thought it was great again I thought he made some great saves Kind of saves you'd expect him to make, maybe. Yeah. Um, but second half, the one he flapped at when well, it was it was like a pinball, then in the penalty area, and he got away with it. And then the one that you've just talked about when he came out and punched it, when it would have been needed to catch, and then nearly conceded. I thought these are really poor goalkeeping decisions um, by him. Um, and the other thought I had about him was that I didn't. I thought his distribution. Wasn't yeah. anywhere near as good as Sam Johnson. Sam Johnson, nowhere was, near,
3: nowhere near as good. Yeah, yeah. No, when um, he's he's the the second the 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 first half it was brilliant. In as you you know you say, but the second half it was just. I, I don't know what happened or, or what was said to them at half-time, but everything, you know, first half was short ball, short ball, Gurhey, Anderson, the same, right. that, that same stuff that we're used to. Everything in the second half, I know that they were press, you know, pressing us. I know that. But we still have to play it in a certain way. But he just punted it long every single time. And when he was punting it long, it wasn't even finding, you know, it wasn't even within 10 yards of the no, teta. No, it was no. nowhere near. Yeah. So it's like, where are those balls going? And that I'm telling you now, it, it's, it, I know it adds up to many reasons why we didn't come away with three points there. But if you keep distributing that ball long, and it's going nowhere, you're just inviting the pressure onto us. And I could see at the end, I don't know if anyone else saw it or agrees with me. The boys were tired, they couldn't keep hold of the ball because they yeah. were just chasing shadows the whole, you know, I'd even say the last 30 minutes. Sure, sure.
0: Good. Okay, so we've, we've done the game, Aaron. I don't think there's an awful lot more to say. Jill or Jim, anything else you want to add, gents?
2: No, no, all said.
0: Okay, all good. And they're the stats. So two-thirds possession for Brighton uh, in our own backyard, which hurts a little bit, but they are a possession-based side. Um, this is a side that just qualify for the knockout stages of the Europa League, guys. So they're decent. There's no two ways about that. Um, they had the majority of shots, as you can imagine. Um, And there is the league table. Um, So there we sit on 18 points in 15th place um, after 18 games, just four wins and just one of those wins at Sellers Park, which was a 3-2 victory over Wolves way back in September. So that sort of puts it into context for the the final game of the uh, 19, the first half of the season that we've got coming up in um, a few days time. Now, before we get on to anything else, um, Jim Cannon, um, a certain player who used to play for Crystal Palace Football Club, had a little dig at you on social media a little while ago. Um, So um, Gary Neville uh, hosts a show called The Overlap, and one of his regular pals on there is a certain Ian Wright. And I think he asked the question of uh, anyone you shared a dressing room with that you, you didn't like, and he said, Jim Cannon. And Roy Keane said, Jim, who? And, and then, uh, right, he said, Scottish bloke, centre off." Now, he, he had a little go at you, and we're not going to repeat what he said, but you, you'd like a little right of reply, wouldn't you, Jim? I think.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, Nick asked me last week, uh, the last show, if I wanted to say anything. And I, I'd heard it before. I'd seen something in his book that he didn't like me, called me a bully. And then, uh, obviously, there was another sort of interview that he'd done and then this latest one. And it was only when I see the mail today and it's a big thing about Ian Wright being the best punter there's ever been, a that there's ever been. And uh, and Ian Lydiman, who's apparently his best mate anyway, is, uh, he's mentioned me that I'd done a bit of bullying. I've never checked the podcast that, Thing you just mentioned but I did see a little clip on Facebook and it, it was he's, he's actually, his first thing he said was well i just come out of the building site as a 21 year old to Crystal Palace <clears throat> and I didn't know what was going on and obviously me being Jim Cannon didn't help him was bullying him in his words. Well, I'd just like to put a couple of things straight, and this has nothing to do with Ian Wright. He came out of a building site as a 21-year-old. I was 14 and 10 months when I left school. I lived in a place called the Gorbals in Glasgow, which was basically a slum area, one of the most deprived areas in the country, like a lot of places throughout the United Kingdom. And I went and worked for nearly 10 months on a building site with my dad. I then got a chance to go on trial with Manchester City, because I played in a good amateur under 15, under 16 team in Glasgow. And then I went, come down to Crystal Palace, and then they asked me to sign on. So at 16, in right, left, South London, travelled four miles from wherever he lived to Mitcham Training Ground. I travelled 500 miles as a 16-year-old to Glasgow, from Glasgow to London. Didn't know anybody. Never had met any of the players. Was putting digs with people I'd never seen in my life. Went to training and senior players couldn't understand you because my broad Scottish accent would take the piss out of you, would do anything. But my attitude was, is this is a life I want because I want to be a professional footballer. So I didn't whinge. I just got on with all the negativity that I got being a Scotsman coming down to England in an environment where it was a million miles away from what I'd ever experienced. Mm-hmm. So when I hear and see little snippets about how belittled Ian Wright was coming from the east end of London or South London, four miles up the road to play for Crystal Palace as a 21-year-old. He'd six years more lifetime than I had when I come down here. So I just got a little bit annoyed about that. And I'd just like to make things clear. The billion thing is a load of crap. Is it? He yeah. didn't like what I said to him. He, there was lots of things. And I probably said lots of things to lots of players. Yeah. I was a skipper yeah. at the time. And that's the way it was. And 37 years ago, things were said that <laughs> wouldn't be said. The woke society won't allow you to say today. Yeah, so sure. um, yeah, sure. I just thought I'd like to just clear that up. That my life was different as a 14-year-old, 15-year-old back in Glasgow to where it was when I come down here. So that's all.
0: Thank you, Jim. Thank you you very much indeed for that. And uh, lots of support for you in the chat. uh, from everything you've said there. So, so Jim, afterwards, take some time out to, to read those comments. There's a lot of love for you there, mate. Oh, I um, can't
2: read any at the moment because you're all froze. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> but
0: as I said, afterwards, put one to Facebook and have a read. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, you will not get that on any other Crystal Palace podcast, guys. The writer reply of Jim Cannon, to Ian Wright's uh, ridiculous comments um, on the overlap the other week. So uh, that's all good. Jim, thanks for taking the time to share that with us this evening, my friend. Um, really good. Um, I want to come now to um, looking at uh, the, the, the future of the club and the immediate future of the club. So, you know, we've, we're about to approach January. What happens in January? Um, we open this tr- thing called the transfer window and there's an opportunity <laughs> to add to the playing squad. Um, and um, I'm going to give you some names, guys. Um, I've just done a little bit of research. If I've missed some, then feel free to throw some in. But I'd like to know from your point of view, guys, and maybe in the chat as well, yes or no. So the first one that has been linked with us today, Calvin Phillips, Manchester City. Um, Hardly getting a kick at Man City, England international. Calvin Phillips, on loan in January, yes or no, Aaron Mears? No. No. Okay. Why'd you say that?
3: Very injury prone, isn't he? Unfit. At the moment, I, I think it's been very well documented. We don't need any unfit players in the squad because we're looking tired. You know, look, no from me. Sorry.
1: Okay. Okay. Jill? No, he doesn't do it for me. He doesn't get in front of Lerner. doesn't get in front of the Corey. Um, I, I've always loved Hughes, his energy and his, his aggro when we need him. He's, um, yeah, so I can't I, I can't see where he gets past it. He, technically, he might be a little bit better than, than some of them, but until uh, until we either, you know, lose. I mean, I'm saying that, the core is not coming back for the rest of the season, so I would hate to think that if we did take him on loan, he would just come straight in and walk into the first team at the stadium. I, I, I wouldn't sit right with me.
2: Okay. Uh, Jim? 100% yes. Interesting. He's uh, England international. He's if fit. Phillips is better than the two midfield players we've got. Uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer He's quality I mean, you can talk about any injury like, well, he's injured he don't play for Manchester City because he can't get into the team because of the world-class players they've got there so, yes, he would fit in our team and he'd make us a better team
0: and uh, Manchester City signing for a reason from Leeds United because he was a top-class player at Leeds United, of course so we've got a no, we've got a yes and we've got to sit on the fence Um, I like that, it's all good Joe,
1: you come quickly. quickly can, so can I add can I add to that then? So so he's he's played almost zero since he came from Leeds. If he still played from Leeds, would you have him from Leeds? Of
2: course he would. Uh see, but he wouldn't be in the England squad. Well and I he think, doesn't play. well he was in the England squad when he was at Leeds, wasn't he? I, yeah, I I, he I, 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 he's
1: never gonna be a regular in in at City He's he is literally just a squad player to make up a twenty-five. I don't think he's a cup game player at, at best. Well, well at he's, a, he's <laughs>
2: obviously every player at Manchester City is probably a squad player if you look at it that way, apart from Harland. I think he's played ten apart times. season
0: he has not ten games, but he's, he's come off the bench or he's featured ten times this season. I think. What
1: this season and end last season?
0: I think it's this season actually. I, I might got that wrong, but but I think he's, he has played a bit. He played in the in the last Champions League game anyway. Um, that's for sure, anyway. So that's Calvin Phillips. Um, be interested to see what happens. A lot of love for him in, in the chat. Yes, says Yasmin. Uh, yes, says uh, Paul Bristow. Um, and a couple of others earlier said no. So, uh, interesting. There's a split of opinion there. Second name I've got for you, Eddie Niketia. Um, to you first, Jill.
1: So it's a difficult one because he's he's a forward, but, but didn't we chase him for 18 months? About three years ago, and he refused. He had the chance to come to us and refused. So I'm like, "Yeah, he looked really good when he played against us first game of the season." Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes because he probably is better than the two. That, if we're gonna go on the premise of what we've got, yes, yes.
2: Okay, good, Jim. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Joe. He's, I mean, uh, our centre forwards are. Uh, I know we didn't have much possession in the second half, but any ball that came up, I mean, Mateta was nowhere near challenging anybody. It like couldn't get near a header. He's six foot four, the guy. He can't jump. No, he can't jump. Uh, Edwards got no pace. So between the two of them, they're they're a bit, they're they're not very good. Uh, I know they score the odd goal and like, as soon as you score a goal, everybody goes, oh, well, yeah, but you scored a goal. But there's there's more to a 90-minute game of football than putting one ball in the back of the net when you get the chance. It's uh, mm. it's bringing and involving lots of players and lots of different scenarios through the game. So, on the here yeah, he would improve us 100%. Sort
0: of helps, though, if oh, you man. score a goal, if you're a striker. But, yeah, I get your point. Um, Aaron? Niketia, uh, yes or no?
3: Yes, mate. Yeah, I'd take him. Um, I just see, I think, real panel in the chat. I'll oh, make real panel. Um, yeah, you know, they're looking at signing a striker. So, Arsenal, it's very clear. He'll be surplus to requirements over there, I think. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd take him. Um, I'm just going to point out, uh, 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 I, I spoke to Nick about this the other day and Lee Lockwood's pointed this out as well. We, and I hope there's some names on this list, Ian, that you're going to give us because... We urgently need some full backs. Urgently, especially a right back. I'm telling you now. So uh, I'll let you keep reading him. But Lee, absolutely, I agree with you, mate.
0: Very good. OK, um, Mark Callahan, thank you for that uh, contribution. I will read it out. Our strikers couldn't score in a brothel. Yeah, that, that, that old one. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, right. Um, yeah, so it's a big yes for Eddie Nketiah from Arsenal. Um, what about Trevor Chalabar? Um, it hasn't gone first. Chelsea, Chelsea centre back, yeah, sort of defensive midfielder. Um, Trevor Chalobah put it in context. He's 24 years of age. England under 21 international. He's made 45 appearances for Chelsea. Jim Cannon.
2: Uh, I don't really know a lot about him, but I don't think we need another centre half or defensive midfield midfielder. Mm. Uh, Our prior, priorities are. Up front, that's that's the main thing. I mean, I, I know you've mentioned Joel Ward. I mean, Kleinie does a decent job. His distribution at times is is not that good. But uh, yeah, I suppose we do long term. We need another fullback. But yeah, I don't. I'm not sure about chalaba Not at all. I, uh, I've not seen enough of him to comment on it. So fair enough. No.
3: no. No, we don't we don't need a centre back or a, I know we've got core out injured and we do need some cover, but you know, you might look at alone and that, but no, Chalaber not for me. No. Okay.
0: Joe? Me
1: neither. And I know, I know nothing really about him, but um
0: Yeah. Well, not you know nothing about Chalaber. You won't know much about the next two because I had to look them up. But apparently both these players, both younger players, and I'll read these names to you now. Uh tell me first if you've ever heard of these players. First of all, Adam Wharton. Do you know who he plays for? Adam Wharton, he is a midfielder, he's 19 years of age, Capt uh, under-20 level from England at England, uh, plays for Blackburn Rovers, um, been linked with Crystal Palace. Uh, and the other one that's been linked with us is Pierre Equa, Ekwa, E-K-W-A-H, um, 35 appearances for Sunderland, a box-to-box midfielder, 21 years of age, capped um, for France at under-20 level, um, was at the Chelsea Academy for three years, um, left there, went and joined West Ham, left there last year to go and play for Sunderland. He's made 35 appearances for Sunderland. Apparently he's catching the eye up in Sunderland and uh, we've been linked with him as well. So it's very difficult to make a view on those two lads because you probably wouldn't have seen or heard of them. And I haven't rehearsed this with you, have I? No, we haven't rehearsed this bit. (laughs) So uh, um, I haven't got any right-back or left-back names, but I think coming back to the right-back issue, obviously Ward is out at the moment. Um, If anything was to happen to Kleine, we would have a problem. Because we haven't got any cover there at all at the minute. And I thought plenty had a good game yesterday. I thought he played very well. Best I've seen him for a while. Aaron.
3: The problem is, again, I, I, we're living on a, a bit of a thing here. Because now, so you're saying Ward's out, right? But say if something happens, what if something happens to Mitchell? We've only got one left back. Yep. So you know, we're relying on Tyrick Mitchell to play week in, week out. Yeah. I know that Jeffrey Schluck can go to left back. He can, but we need to just go out there and buy a fullback, especially a right back, I think. I know we've got Kliney, you and know, I agree with you, Jim. He does a steady job. But he, we always know he's going to play Wardy over Kleine when he's fit. And we've already had this discussion on, on previous shows about how, you know, most teams' uh, best players are going to be on the wing, Right. And especially the quickest ones as well. Wardy can't keep up with them anymore. Kleinie's yeah. going to get to that point too. So we need to look to the future.
0: Indeed, uh, Jed Spence been mentioned. Um, he was at Tottenham, wasn't he? Jed Spence. I think he's gone back to somewhere up north. Can't remember where. Byron, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gel, come in, my friend.
1: Just, just quickly, Jim. Uh, Jim, know why. Francha isn't playing. Bearing in mind, I think when you if you work the exchange rate out, I think he's the most expensive player that we've bought in since Benteke. I think is there a reason um, we've got twenty million euros that he isn't playing?
2: Uh, well, it's, it's easy enough to say one or two different scenarios, but listening to people at the club that he in training, and he hasn't really shown up as well as they he hasn't got to the pace of the English game Uh obviously he come on against was it Newcastle?
3: Yeah,
2: Newcastle uh, yeah. and, and he he played well but from what I gather he's, he's not what they expected at the moment but they, they're expecting a, a, he's got a brilliant pace I mean, I didn't see any of the Newcastle game at all, so I can't comment on on what he did or what he didn't do. But he's a young lad. You know, he's come from a million miles away as far as he's concerned. And uh, I dare say, given time, he'll be a, a top player for Palace, but maybe they just don't feel right. Could he have come on? I mean, he's a winger. I would have probably put him on in place of value the other night. Yeah. But, as I, I say, I haven't see yeah, yeah. really seen anything of them apart from 10 minutes in a game where Roy destroyed him uh, because his contribution was negligible. But, it's yeah, you, you've got to give these kids time. And, you know, you can put them in too early and it makes it harder for them to then get going again. So but I, would, I would have probably liked to have seen him come on, on the left wing. I don't know if he's a left wing or right wing when uh when I went off, you know, like we needed to try and take the game to them. But again, that's how the fans are thinking. We we don't want to be sitting on the Edge or 18 yard box. But maybe Roy's thinking, well we want one nil up. I don't want to be opening the game up and trying to attack. So it's 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 not easy being a manager of a team in the Premier League. When you're 1-0 up, and do you try and get that second goal or do you try and defend it? And the mentality of players is they will try and defend it.
0: OK, thanks, Jim, for that. Um, listen, Franca, one thing to say about Francis' debut at Newcastle, don't forget we were 4-0 down when he came on in that game. So it was hardly going to affect the game per se. Um, he got criticised for the Tottenham substitute appearance, along with others, didn't affect the game enough. Um, and then um he did play better i thought at manchester city when he came on um but i think you're right i think he's he's got a lot of talent the club have identified the talent which is why we paid the money for him and he's he's one not necessarily for now but one for the future and we just need to bide our time before we use him that might be an uh, um some people might not want to hear that. They might want to say, oh, I want to see him start. I want to see him feature. And maybe we'll see him in the FA Cup tie against Everton. That's a good opportunity, possibly. Um, but I think when Premier League points are at stake, it's almost too much of a risk sometimes with some of these youngsters. And Amada's probably in a, in a similar position. Guys, we've got to keep on the time. We've just got over the hour mark um so um one thing that's coming up in january that i want to draw your attention to guys is the uh disabled supporters association social evening um uh, this is open to all ages and all abilities you don't have to be a disabled person to go along to this meeting um uh, but if you are going to go they'd like to know so there's the e- email on their info at cpfcdsa.org um do tell them if you're going to come along so they can cater for you. Um, There's a guest speaker, there's a raffle, there's a quiz. Um, I went to the last one in the summer. Jim, you you were there as well. And it was a very good evening. And I'm hoping to get to this one on the 13th of January too. So if you'd like to attend that, you'd be very, very welcome. From the guys at the DSA, Bruce and Lindsay, have asked us to mention that this evening. Uh, Of course, we've got a few fixture changes announced yesterday. Um... The uh, They're not on there, so we haven't rehearsed this bit very well at all. Um, the fixtures that come after these ones, um, we're moving Chelsea to a Monday evening at Sellers Park on the 12th of February. And then the following Monday, we're away to Everton on Monday, the 19th of February. And they, that's both for Sky TV. But these are the games that are coming up. These are the next half a dozen uh, that we have. Um, Chelsea away on uh, the 27th of December. That's live on Prime Video. And then we have Brentford at Sellers Park. Um, bound to be another 1-1 draw for that one, as it always <laughs> is. Uh, Everton visit in the FA Cup. The first FA Cup tie of the third round. It's live on ITV4. Um, t- tickets are dirt cheap for that. Try and get the Sellers if you can for that one. And then we've got the winter break for a week. That's the weekend of the DSA meeting I've just mentioned. Um, Arsenal away, a uh, lunchtime kickoff on TNT Sports on the 20th of January, um, a Tuesday night, the 30th of January, Sheffield United are the visitors to uh, Sellers Park, and then we've got a small matter of going away to Brighton. Um, <coughs> at the moment, that game is still scheduled for 3pm on a Saturday. What money that that will be moved, uh, regardless of TV on police advice. So um, Dawn says, yeah, rubbish, we want Saturday football. And in the Premier League game tonight, Um, Astor Villa nil, Shepherd United nil at Villa Park at the moment. So that's a bit of a surprise. I've got Ollie Watkins as my FPL um, captain this week, so I need a goal from him. And um, talking of FPL, Will Hughes joins the 59th Minute Club. If you follow FPL, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you won't, and I haven't got time to explain it. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I think we're just about done. Um, Quickly before we go, quick score predictions for the next two fixtures. Um, I'll do this in alphabetical order. Aaron first. We're away to Chelsea, home to Brentford. Quickly, two
3: scores, my friend. 1-1
0: uh, one, one
3: at Chelsea, and I'm going to go... Sorry, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go 1-0 win against Brentford. Just Brilliant. OK. Uh,
0: Gel, you're next.
3: 1-1-2-2. One, one, two, two. One,
2: one 2 2 And Jim? Uh, we'll get one point of uh, the two games. OK, that's as, that's as far as you're going to go, is it? <laughs> yeah,
0: Brilliant. That'll be a loss to Chelsea and draw to Brentford. Then who knows? I think I think we I think we we'll do I think we'll do all right. Chelsea, I think we'll draw, and I would like to see us beat Brentford. I really would. That time we beat them at ours. And listen, we 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 are due a win at Selhurst Park at some point soon, and um, that Brentford game is uh, a good opportunity to do just that. So, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us tonight as well. Um, it just remains for me to say that we'll be back on Tuesday, the 2nd of January. There we go. We return on Tuesday, the 2nd of January. Nick will be back. I think I'm on the show as well. A couple of other familiar faces will be joining us and we'll be looking back on both of these games, Chelsea away and Brentford at home. And it just remains for me to wish you a very happy Christmas. I hope you have a great time with your family and friends in the next couple of days. So thanks for joining us, guys. and We'll see you next time.
1: Cheers. Bye, Holly. Fly, fly.